Each one of us will face different struggles, but for each of us, there's an opportunity to walk toward the Lord and walk toward each other. And if your experience is ever, man, I see these other people doing this with their emotions, and I don't feel like that. That doesn't seem to be me. I, I don't seem to have some of those reactions. That in and of itself is always an opportunity to speak to the Lord and to speak to others. Someday, you will be strong and healthy forever. Essential to, to our caring for each other is we actually move toward each other rather than wait for somebody to move toward us. Every person is wrestling with those two basic problems. Problem of identity, problem of evil, whether it's coming at me or coming from within me. What is so remarkable in how the Bible approaches people in suffering, fully cognizant that they feel he's far away, is over and over and over again, it says he's near. Hi, my name is Alistair Groves, and I'm the host of Where Life and Scripture Meet, a podcast of CCEF, the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation, where our mission is to restore Christ to counseling and counseling to the church. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you'll know that emotions and how the scriptures intersect with emotions and talk about emotions and teach us to think about emotions and handle emotions is just a particular interest of mine. I find it endlessly fascinating to think about how our emotional life relates to our faith and relates to the God who made us and why we have emotions and, and all that good stuff. And if you want to dig into the podcast archives, you can find lots more there. When you spend time thinking about emotions and scripture, at some point the question comes up, what about people who don't feel emotions or don't feel much emotion or people who would say, man, my emotions are totally numb right now. My emotions have been numbed or, or flattened, or I feel like I don't feel anything at all. How should we understand that? What, what's happening in that kind of experience? And so I wanted to spend some time today reflecting on that and thinking through how scripture might guide us in seeing that particular experience. That is certainly one that many people have uh, in at least some level and form, and most of us will taste at some point in our lives. Let me start here. What is an emotion. Well, we're not going to dive into the the depths of the archives and, and spend uh, 18 hours on it the way I might like to, but the short answer is your emotions as a human are the overflow of what you love. So if you love someone or, or something and, and there's a threat to that person or to that thing, you will feel fear. You'll feel anxiety. You'll feel scared in some way. If it's uh, something really good happens to something you love, then you will be happy, uh, ecstatic, elated, content. If there is something unjust and wrong that has been done against someone or something you love, you will feel angry, and so on and so forth. So our, our emotions are ways of, of love spilling over. And so that then begs the question, and it's one I've watched people grapple with on, on many different levels of, okay, what if I'm not feeling anything? What, what does that say about me? And interestingly, when I've heard people in, in sort of the more extreme ends of the spectrum feeling, I, I really am feeling nothing. My whole world is gray and flat. They don't say, which is really pretty nice. You know, it's great. I don't have to feel those pesky, you know, downer sorts of feelings. Yeah, it's just flat. I just kind of go through and it's great. 
no one ever says that. <laughs> I've never had anyone in counseling, never had a friend at church say such a thing to me that they actually say the opposite. They say it's miserable to be in a place where you feel nothing is is terrible. It, it is hellish. And we could spend a lot of time reflecting on, on why that is, but I, I want to simply say at the, at the outset, it is not a good and pleasant thing to be kind of walled off from one's emotions, even if that means bad things can happen and you don't necessarily feel terribly affected by it uh, in your experience of it. So here's how I, here's how I think about this. And I, I have found this helpful in, in numerous instances of being able to talk through what is it like to feel no emotions? What's going on there? The way I think about it is that it's actually probably better to conceive emotional numbness as an incredibly strong emotion, an emotion so strong that it basically drowns out everything else. Picture a, a pool of water with you know several different streams trickling into it, and then I don't know, something happens, a dam breaks further up the stream, whatever. All of a sudden, there's this huge rushing waterfall pouring into that stream. Well, whatever's coming in that waterfall, whatever the temperature of that water is, that that's going to set what the pool is like when there's one thing pouring in so strongly. And I have found this not just to be, oh, isn't that interesting, but actually an incredibly helpful way of reframing the experience of, of not having strong emotions or any emotions in a in a given context. And let me see if I can if I can make this practical. Let me break this down and put this into a, a life lived situation. Let's consider the person who is at the funeral of a, of a close loved one and their eyes are dry and they just seem to be unaffected uh, at the funeral of, of a close loved friend or family member. I actually just was talking uh, recently with someone who who's had this experience. I asked them a bit about it. Like what what was that like for you? Uh, and she said, you know, I, I did cry at my my father's funeral. She was a, a younger teenager and there was some level of, of something at the funeral, but but for several years afterward, there were there were no tears, there was no feelings of, of grief. And she said, you know, I felt I felt guilty <laughs> that I didn't seem to miss my dad, that I wasn't feeling anything stronger, that I that I wasn't experiencing the kind of grief that it seems like people should or that I would see on a TV show of someone experiencing when they lost a parent. Uh, she said, you know, the, it's like the whole world for a long time was just hazy and and foggy. It was like I would be eating food at lunch and it was like it had no taste to it. I, I would laugh with friends. I, I would laugh, but it was an empty laughter. I, I was distant from the people that I was with. And she talked about how over over the course of, of several years that, that began to recede. It wasn't like the dam just suddenly broke. Obviously, that, that can happen. You can have people who have felt basically nothing for, for 20 years and something clicks, something connects, and all of a sudden there's just an outflowing, a flood of emotion that, that can last for weeks or, or months. But in her case, she said it was, it was this slow set of experiences. I'd, I would watch a friend be moved by some issue with her dad. I would watch... What was happening is someone would say they missed their family and it would make me go, oh, I, I wonder what that's like or, or seeing that maybe I'd feel a, a faint glimmer of something, I, being at graduation and realizing my dad is not here. And these experience after experience has begun to, to awaken this in her. So in that, that particular case, it was a fairly obvious, why am I not feeling it? I've, I've just been essentially completely overwhelmed by 
the the grief of losing my father. The the experience is too much. It it flooded the reactor. It it short circuited the connection. I I shut down. I I had no language inside, no ability to sustain that level of emotion. And so while while the experience in that place is I'm not feeling anything. It feels like there's nothing. There, there's there's no waterfall. <laughs> there, there's no water in this pool at all. I'm just sort of standing here in the mist. I actually think a better way to th- to think uh, on a biblical level, what's what's happening to such a person is to say, this is someone who is experiencing a flood, a, a, a torrent of overwhelmedness. It's just too much to take in. And that experience of overwhelmedness, that that experience of shutdown is actually an intense indicator of something really important has been lost in my world or changed in my world. Some some suffering, some thing that feels threatening, some grief, some sorrow, some heartache, something has has landed. Now, in this particular case, really easy to identify, the loss of, of a parent. But it can be much more complex than that. You could have someone who says, you know, I my life is not what I thought it would be. Uh, and that could have so many factors to it that could speak to, I didn't get the job I wanted and the the friends I have, it's, it's not the closeness I would have hoped for. It's not the life with my people and we're doing life together. It's more of, yeah, it's more complicated than that. And, and some relationships are strained or there's just not that close friend I would have loved. It could be, I, I thought I had these giftings and they're just not not playing out. I, I don't get to use my gifts. I, I've got a church that I did love and was really invested in, and now I feel distant and on the edges, and I'm thinking about leaving and going to another church, and I don't even have much hope that that church will be any better, right? There could be a whole set of combinations of, of things that are part grief, part confusion, part discouragement, part fear, right? That that would speak to, it's like my whole world is just is closed, so it doesn't feel like a waterfall when you're standing there in that place. But I do think it's it's best to think of it as things that I had hoped for and loved, things I had dreamed of, things I had treasured, things I deeply cared about, um, have indeed overflowed and, and overflowed the banks and I have no feeling left. Uh, it's just left me, it's left me spent. It's too much to take in. When I think about scripture uh, speaking to these things, when I think about where where does the scripture go with this, the call always with anything on our hearts is to speak it to the Lord and, and to speak it to other people. It is to, the, the call of the Christian life is to rejoice with those who rejoice and to mourn with those who mourn. And one of the trickiest things about feeling flat and empty and my laughter is empty and I'm distant from everyone um, and, I, and I'm not crying when I feel like I should be and what's wrong with me, one of the the most difficult things about that is you feel helpless and adrift. You feel like I don't really understand what's happening to me. I, I don't know what to do with it. There's, there's no next step. There's just I, I just feel like I'm switched off, and I'm yeah lost at sea. And thinking about it instead of as being utterly absent from emotions, but rather thinking of it as an overwhelming emotion, is it actually gives a pathway forward. There is an ability then to speak to the Lord. Now that conversation might sound something like this, Lord. I don't feel anything at all. I don't I don't feel 
distant from you. I don't feel close to you. I don't feel desired to be close to you. I don't feel much about anything else in my life. I, I feel so shut down. I can't remember the last time I felt anything. It doesn't feel like it's even worth speaking to you right now. I don't even know what I'm hoping for in this conversation. But I know, and I've been told, and I see throughout scripture, that to speak to you about whatever is going on in my life, it, it is always the right thing to do. So I am coming and I'm bringing my emptiness, I'm bringing my hollowness, and somewhere in me, probably, is a part of me that would that would like to feel again, that wants to come back. And, and I just listened to this podcast and the guy was saying that maybe there's a flood here of things that, that have, have overwhelmed me and undone me. And, and if that's true, would you help me maybe get a better sense of what it is that has been overwhelming to me, of where the places are that are just too heavy for me to feel like I can bear them? That would be the sound of faith, of hope, of walking in obedience to a God who says, pour out your heart to me at all times. Psalm 62, 8, one of my favorite verses speaking to the just the breadth of what we are to do with all the different emotions we might face including the emotion of being overwhelmed and the emotion of being shut down now what should we make of the flip side experience the yeah, it's, it's not like I have had this transition from being an emotional person to feeling totally shut down and cut off from all emotion. It's rather, I'm just not, I'm just not a very feely person. I'm not a touchy-feely guy. I, I don't have a lot of strong emotions one way or the other. That's not a change. It's just kind of always been that way. How does that connect to what we're talking about? And I, w- I would suggest it, it connects something along these lines. First off, every culture suggests to the people in that culture, here's sort of what normal emotional life is like. And that can differ by life stage, it can differ by gender, it can differ by all kinds of things. I would say generally we live in a uh, one of the more touchy-feely uh, cultures in, in history. I, I guess we are more so than, uh, I don't know, 7th century uh, Bavaria or something like that. But still today, and probably more so Probably even significantly more so for for men than for women. There, there's a sense of, yeah, it's not you're not really supposed to have a lot of feelings all the time. And there can also be a, a familial aspect to this, right? Like different some families are going to have a much more uh, emotionally intense experience. We have these deep conversations where we interact uh, at high volume, and and life is full of feelings, and people are up and down. And other families, it's sort of like, yeah, we all, we're all just kind of we're, we're doing our thing and we're getting our things done. Yeah. It's good to be together, and that was good. I'm glad we did that. And and right, there's there's just a whole spectrum of of what you might experience. So broadly, culturally, family culture, and, and then every one of us has a story of how we grew up and what has happened to us over the years, and how we've responded to that, and what's worked for us, and what hasn't worked for us. And so I think a lot of times, if if you're someone who would speak the language of like, yeah, I, I don't know, I just don't, I don't seem to feel a lot. I don't, I don't think I, I don't necessarily feel crippled uh, emotionally. I just I'm not a very emotional person. I think we would maybe best understand that in a couple of ways. Number one, there's nothing wrong with not being completely caught up in the depths of emotional experience all the time. I think it's appropriate and good and, and fine and lovely for there to be a real spectrum of of human emotions and some people who who can move to that place of being moved 
really easily and naturally and instinctively and other people who are just more prone to focus on, okay, well, what's the next thing that needs to happen? Or what's the best way to think about this? And feeling, thinking, acting, those are, those are all core components of human life. And some of us are going to gravitate towards different ends of that, of that triangle, if you will. So there's nothing wrong with with not being super feely all the time, just as there's nothing wrong with being highly emotional and being, quote unquote, very in touch with your feelings. Probably for most of us, actually, there's a, a need to say, where where am I instinctively? Do I, do I sort of move into action naturally? Do I move into emotion naturally? Am I a very thinky, cognitive person who, who always just sits and, and thinks it through first and that's my instinct is to think it out? Probably each of us could identify places where you could really stand to grow in responding to a, a biblically full picture of someone who acts and thinks and feels in ways that all honor the Lord and, and move closer to Him. But but so you're not a you're not a feely person. What's going on there? Yeah, it's it's probably a combination of of lots of things, family, culture, personal experience, and I was talking with a with a friend the other day who just. Who would? That's how he would identify himself. Yeah, I, I'm just not a super emotional person. Didn't grow up in a very emotional family, but even would say, you know, but but there's certainly times when I say, wow, I see other people, you know, read scripture and and come away with some insight or some sense of the Lord laying something on their heart, and they're they're tearing up, and and I I feel like there's something wrong with me that I don't move that way, that I that I'm not quickly just captured by and and moved by something in scripture, or I. I'm yeah, glad something's going well at work, but I don't get passionately excited about, wow, we had this thing and it it finally worked and it happened and we saw the plan come to fruition. And and I suspect there there's there's probably just an opportunity to say, you know, I I want to grow as someone who does love and experience the the overflow of of love. And at the same time, I want to just appreciate and and be thankful for the way the Lord has oriented me to be somebody who can move through things and who is not constantly thrown off of being able to walk forward the next step by having uh, a flood of emotion, right? That, that's the highly emotional person. That's their struggle. It's like, I can't stay on track. I'm completely uh, thrown by, by emotions all the time. My life feels like I'm bouncing around inside a pinball machine. So each one of us will face different struggles, but for each of us, there's an opportunity to walk toward the Lord and walk toward each other. And if your experience is ever man, I see these other people doing this with their emotions. And I don't feel like that. That that doesn't seem to be me. I, I don't seem to have some of those reactions. That in and of itself is always an opportunity to speak to the Lord and to speak to others. And if I can leave us with one last thought, it would, it would simply be, as we come to the question of emotion, in particular the question of not feeling strong emotion, we can know that that we serve a God who is not thrown off by his emotions, who is not wildly fluctuating between different emotions. We have a God who is utterly steadfast and yet who is utterly strong in his feelings, whose love and, and passion and commitment and compassion and affection for his children is never waxing and waning. It is always at utter, maximum, full, passionate, waterfall-like outpouring. And whether we feel that intensely and are moved by it, whether we don't feel it at all, it is such a sweet thing to know and to be able to rest in and to trust that his feeling toward us will never change, cannot ever change, because he is who he is and he is the unchanging God whose, whose fullness of passion can always be our refuge and 
who shockingly, staggeringly invites us to bring our emotions and our lack of emotions and our actions and our thoughts to him in all things. And who cares to receive our words, who actually wants to hear what is on our hearts, even when what's on our hearts is, why isn't there more on my heart? 